So no matter if you're a brand new PM or in a starting your next product gig, you need to have a plan in order to set yourself up for success. Now you'd want to know high level mindsets and also strategies and tactics. And this is exactly what we're going to discuss in this episode. Now, my guest today is Mark Rabo. Mark is a serial maker. He's built an app that's been featured as app of the day several times, co-founded the gaming conference, and is working on an upcoming online course and a book about product management as well, all while working as a director of product. So get ready, guys, for a very cool talk about how to onboard into a product role with my guest, Mark Rabo. Hey, I'm your host, Cyrus Shirazian, and welcome to PM Hub Podcast, a show dedicated to bringing you fresh and unique insights from product leaders and tech entrepreneurs. All right, Mark, welcome to PM Hub. Hey, thanks for having me, Cyrus. It's great to have you today, and I'm very looking forward to talk about this uh, topic of onboarding uh, as a product manager. And uh, but I guess before before we dive right in, you know, we we all have a different journey into product, as you know. I'm curious to know what was your your journey like. Yeah, um, my journey uh, was kind of arbitrary and, and accidental, to be honest. It's funny because I I started uh, looking into the history of product management as part of some of my work and curiosity, and uh, it had it's been around for decades and decades, but I only found out about it six or seven years ago now. Um, I was in a bit of a, a crisis moment in my career where I was didn't know what I wanted to do, and I felt like the generalist that I am isn't really valued in many places. So I was kind of jumping around between these different specialist roles that I didn't really fit in, obviously. And um, one day I actually came across a video, and it was a Google Chrome video where they were interviewing as part of it uh, this. This woman and it said Chrome product manager. And for whatever reason, I just typed that into Wikipedia. I read the description and you know, I heard the the choir sing. It was unbelievable. It was kind of like this little micro miracle in my life because it was product management. Uh, it showed me that it was something that actually values a generalist. So obviously I didn't have any experience at that point. So it, the next year and a half. I started cobbling together, you know, my experiences into something that looked like a bit of a product portfolio. And um, a little while later, I managed to land my first job as a as a product manager. Wow, no, that's that's pretty cool. Uh, now, what do you remember on top of your head about your first role as a PM? How was it like? Um, I guess the biggest takeaway I had was that I thought I knew everything. And uh, it took me a, a while to realize how little I actually knew. Um, I had a, a lot of kind of bravado going into the role. I had come from uh, indie video games and small startup land, you know, just working in, in different tech companies. And um, but they were very small, small companies, very hack, like hack stuff together, you know, not structured at all. So I thought I had this kind of like mercenary run and gun kind of approach that would work everywhere. But um, something I really underestimated was the all the sort of background theory and process and thoughtfulness that goes into being a product manager. So um, I approached the I approached my role. The company I worked for had uh, about 200 people when I joined, and I approached the role as if it was a small company, and it actually uh, wasn't a wasn't a, the right uh, approach. 
And uh, I had to, it took me a little while to figure out, oh, there's actually a lot here that I don't know. So I guess to summarize, I, I really didn't have much humility in that role when I started. Yeah. And I guess that's why we want to talk about this topic today so we can help other PMs who want to get into product as their first job or, you know, onboarding into a new product role. I guess that's going to be super valuable. Uh, now let's talk about the whys. Uh, like, why is it important first? I mean, as obvious as it might sound, why is it important? But let's talk about it. why is it important to plan when you want to onboard into a product role? Yeah, I think I think that um, you know the the why I think is that one of the most important things, and the reason I think you you even like asked that question tentatively was because it seems like something that you know we just all should know how to do. You know, we've never been taught how to onboard in a job. It's one of those skills like you know, you know, financial planning uh, that we just don't get taught, but is turns out it's extremely important. And so just the fact that you would think about what you're going to do when you start a new job, like in a, and that you'd have a plan for, you know, 30, 60 and 90 days um, is something worth calling out explicitly. And just knowing that, that you're going in with a plan is, is something that sets you apart from, for most people. I mean, definitely for me, I'd never, ever had a plan, even going into that first role as a product manager and being a guy that likes to plan and make lists and all that. I really just kind of went into jobs and, you know, figured it out along the way. And I saw, you know, what happened and I reacted in the moment and, you know, somehow I survived and never didn't make it through the probationary period. But I can honestly say that I didn't really do a great job. And I definitely did a lot of things wrong that I could have done better. They didn't cost me my job, but uh, looking back, I was like, yeah, that, that wasn't a very smooth path. Yeah. Yeah. So were these your product roles or were these kind of like overall, yeah, kind of like your previous job? So I'm curious to know how was that, how was it like for your product roles as well? Yeah. I mean, I don't have too many kind of clear memories of my previous role. So I'm, I am talking specifically about the product roles. I mean, I can give you an example. Um, one of the things that I tended to do when I started, because I came from small, small uh, team type places, was I always focused on my team. You know, I call it, you know, I managed down. So all I cared about was my team. I, you know, did everything to make sure my team had everything they needed, that they felt good, that everything was going smoothly. And obviously that's a good thing and that's important. But um, one thing I never did was, you know, manage up or manage sideways or even form those relationships, you know, explicitly or, you know, consciously, you know, however much, I, I learned about my boss and got to know my boss was just through the meetings. I didn't really think too much about it. And I definitely had a big blind spot to meeting the other product managers that I'd be working with, maybe not directly today, but, you know, in, an, in a few months or in a year. And that actually played out, you know, in that, in that first job, uh, everything was kind of more or less stable in the, in the first year. But in the second year, I moved to a different side of the company with a whole different product team and people that I just didn't take the time to get to know in that first year. And so that kind of made it almost like a second onboarding, which wasn't great. And thinking back, I didn't have a very good kind of product manager support team. You know, other PMs that I talked to, that I shared ideas with, that I asked a device for or from. And, um, you know, that's something that I've definitely learned is, is, the, is the wrong approach. 
and uh, something that I think about a lot now when I talk to people about how to onboard. And I, I put it as part of an important part of the plan. Right on, right on. And how has it changed, you know, if it's your first PM role? Yeah, I think, I think um, the the thing that is different in your first product role is that is that you don't have the muscle memory and the systems in place for what you need to do. It's like every every product uh, manager who's onboarding has a lot of uh, things to take in and a lot a lot of things to process when they start a new role. No matter who you are, even if you're you know a ten year veteran of the industry, you're coming into a new new product, a new company, a whole new pile of people that you need to talk to. Um, so there's tons and tons to do there, but you at least have all of your kind of process in place. You know what to expect. You've seen a bunch of stuff. You're, you're kind of like a, you're a grizzled veteran. You, you've seen a bunch and you know how to deal with it. You're less surprised. You know what's important to focus on, focus on and what's less important to focus on. But a brand new PM, really doesn't have much of that at all, especially if you're, you know, you're, it's your first product manager role and you were new to it the way I was, you are, you don't have any processes. You don't even like, you really don't know that maybe that well, how to work inside an agile methodology. Maybe you, you've never worked in Jira. You know, those are all like, they're like simple things that, that are going to take up a lot of your bandwidth in addition to all the stuff that you're, um, that every product manager needs to learn about the product, the company, the business and all that. So having a plan makes sure that you don't forget all the sort of peripheral stuff that's important because when you're joining a team, you're responsible for that team, right? So you, your, your number one responsibility is making sure that those, that your team has all its work, that the tickets are all there that you know they understand what they're building and building towards that there's a bit of a plan so that'll eat up so much of your energy that you might not even have the space to like build those relationships and or you might even forget right you know how it is when you when you're overwhelmed with stuff you you focus on the things that are you know the the existential threats and then you move on to the nice to haves later and so the new product managers, because they're learning all the systems and processes and, and getting those those experiences, they might uh, not remember to do some of the more important things like, like building those relationships. Yeah, yeah, such a, such a good point. Like, because product is one of those roles uh, that from the get go, even if you're an associate PM or like a brand new PM, it's a leadership role, right? Mm -hmm. You have to work yeah. all all the way across and then like so those you know relationships matter from the get-go maybe not as much you know uh, in the beginning but it just has to be there's an element of it uh into that role itself when you start off so that's 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 yeah. great so yeah and there, there's like um the nice thing about when you're starting a brand new role you know just to kind of like roll back on the stress levels that i might be projecting towards brand new pms here um typically if you're going into your first role it's a lot more of an insulated role. Your 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 goal is to is to you know deliver product with your team. There's um, there's a lot less kind of cross team work that you're probably expected to have. You're probably not going to be too involved in like strategic planning. Um, so you know typically like a junior PM role or or even just a standard PM role, however the company defines it, um, there isn't as much 
of the relationship side that you need to be too stressed about. Um, but you know, relationships are everything in work. So uh, it's always a good idea to focus on them, even if it's not like mission critical to like what your team's doing. But, uh, but yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I want to make sure it's not, you know, a brand new PM doesn't think like, oh my God, it's going to be hell. <laughs> I'm going to get swallowed up by this thing. It's not that bad. Like, you know, no one's going to give you a, a huge, huge responsibility if you're, if you're just starting out as a PM. Yeah, that's good to point out. So let's talk about, uh, I'm curious to know, what, what's your overall strategy, Mark, for onboarding as, as a PM? Yeah, um, I mean, let's, let's kind of think about it. How, how do you want to think about it? There's a few ways that I could kind of approach this. I mean, one is kind of, you know, like a, like a tactical strategy, like, you know, 30, 60 and 90 days. But we could also talk about like high level mindsets. Um, where do you want to go with that? Mm. Tactical versus mindsets. I'd love to always start with the mindsets if you don't mind. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, I think the mindsets are key um, because they sort of, they kind of like permeate throughout everything you do. And if you just have the right mindset, you can almost trust that you'll do the right thing. You know, it's like, um, you know, it's like if you're a, if you remember certain like principles in your life or virtues that you want to hold, then um, if you can remember that virtue, it's almost like a little, little saying that you tell yourself and then everything else flows from it. And mindsets are like that. So you can just remember these mindsets and, and it can be, you know, lead to the right behaviors. But um I think uh, the, the highest order one that I always think about is like have humility. Um, this this probably applies more to experienced product managers um, who who probably have, you know know what they're doing more or less. Um, less you know the newer product managers probably go in with you know humility by default. Although I didn't when I started, so it's not for sure. But uh, humility will make sure that you don't do some of the things that are, are going to lead to trouble. So, you know, things like trying to make, you know, planning, doing, trying to, you know, do too much too early, right? Asserting, you know, certain truths about where the product needs to go, or where the business needs to go. You know, you don't want to show up in your first week or two and start planning the roadmap for the next six months. I mean, realistically, you have no idea uh, what you're doing at that point. You, you really don't know much about the business. So just having a general sense of humility, like, these companies are more, uh, you know, there's more going on behind the scenes than you realize. The users are more, uh, you know, complicated than you realize. The product is probably more complex than you realize. You know, that's where the humility will serve you well, just making sure that you pay attention and learn first. Um, that leads to kind of the second one that I like to think about, which is take the time to learn. So sometimes we, we get into this feeling like we need to like deliver some kind of value or blow people's minds when we start with a new job right away. And the truth is you don't, you can take a month or two just to start learning things and start understanding things. And that is reasonable. And nobody is expecting you to sort of turn, turn the whole thing around in, in uh, a few weeks. Now, obviously that there are situations where, you know, something's on fire and you need to deal with it, or maybe you come in during a crisis moment. Obviously there's, there's situations like that sometimes, but in general, you know, take the time to learn that will serve you well as well. Uh, ask for what you need. I think this applies to some people more than others. I'm, I tend to be kind of a lone wolf. I, I tend to like grind things out and figure out stuff on my own. 
so this is kind of like almost like a mindset for me, to be honest. Uh, but I bet there's a lot of people because product managers are leaders. They tend to be headstrong. They tend to be do-it-yourselfers. So uh, they don't always ask for, for what they need, for the inf whether it's information or help understanding something. So ask for what you need. Um, think about people over work. I think that's uh, that's one that I always um, also is, you know, don't always do. I kind of get into the weeds and I start you know, just thinking about the work itself. But the relationships are, are really where the most important uh, things lie. And then finally, um, you know, just stick to your plan. Create a plan, revisit the plan, stick to it. And um, and then, you know, get through that and trust that process. Don't. Um, don't show up with, uh, you know, the first week and, and do everything fine and then be like, ah, I think I'm okay. Let me just kind of like roll with the punches for the next, you know, two, two and a half months. So, um, yeah, those are some of the mindsets that I always keep in mind. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's very interesting. I can relate, especially to the last one we talked about, you know, you can treat your, you know, treat everything like you, have, you, you put together a plan, you do your best, and then you can revise it later, right? So just treat it, like iterate on it to see what's mm -hmm. working, what's not working. Actually, I, I uh, use that myself, you know, as, as you mentioned, you know, when, when you uh, work with different setups and different company sizes and cultures and everything else, the way you do product is totally different. Totally. And uh, yeah, and then, and then, so I guess just having that, you know, okay, you know what, here's my guess on how this enterprise kind of like set up they want to they want to go about and you know build their products but again i'm not gonna swear on it i'm gonna just this high level plan i'm gonna do it for a bit see how it's doing and then i'm gonna iterate to make it better and kind of like adjust it and adapt it to the environment yeah right? it's you know uh, just as you were talking i just thought about this like you know parallel um let's say you compared it to like a developer you know a developer you know joining a new company is, is is always joining to work with a language, a programming language they already know. Um, so a product manager going into new, a new company is a lot like a developer going into a company doing a, pro, a language they don't really know, right? Like, because the product manager's kind of interface, like their, you know, IDE is, the, you know, the development environment is like the business, the company and the relationships. You know the strategies like the the tactics the way things get done so you know the the operating system that the product manager almost kind of needs to operate in is the company whereas and i'm mixing my metaphors sorry but you know but for a developer you know yeah. they it would be like going and, and working in a programming language they're not familiar with so you would never expect that developer to be like high output immediately you know they'd have to learn a lot and for a product manager i think if you think about it that way, you give yourself a little bit more permission to take your time and figure stuff out and not start just like, you know, trying to do stuff, assuming you know how everything's going to work. Like what you hear so far, make sure to never miss an episode by clicking on the subscribe button now. This podcast has been made possible by listeners like yourself, and I'm thankful for your support. Now let's head back to the show. Yeah. No, that's, that's a good metaphor, actually. Like I remember when I when I first started to code, you know, when you know when you know JavaScript, for example, you know, like okay, you don't you might not know, let's say I don't know PHP or Ruby, but you know how to code, so you know the basics behind coding and the logics and the loops and if statements and everything else. It will take you some time 
to learn those new languages, but you know the foundations, if you will, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, it does make sense. And actually, to build on top of that, there's a there's another difference because actually, I thought about this myself and kind of like how it relates to like let's say a software developer. The other thing is that uh, from from my experience, like when you onboard into let's say let's say a software engineering role, like you have mentors from day one. They're super experienced. They're like on top of their game. They contribute to open source. They're like you know really on top of the game. But from my encounters, a lot of product roles uh, when you when you onboard uh depending on when you are let's say take toronto it's it, the odds are that like you know the person you're reporting to like they don't have a lot of product experience and you know they might have a stumble into the role from any of the you know neighboring roles and so they're not really like there to be able to mentor you if you will just like where you are as, as a software developer and like the amount of coaching you get there right yeah that's a good point because you know a software developer usually has a team lead that's embedded in the team that's there almost kind of floating between all the developers and helping them out. Whereas, you know, a product manager will report up to a director somewhere and they'll have like a weekly one-on-one, but outside of that, you're kind of on your own. So yeah, that's a, that's a great point. A PM doesn't have the same, you know, support structure day-to-day as a, as a developer would. Hundred percent. Let's talk tactics. Uh, I, I I know you have you have uh, this very interesting seven pillars of onboarding. Let's let's talk about that. Sure. Um, the seven seven pillars are kind of uh, something you know that I took from. There's a book that's called uh, the first, it's called First Ninety Days, and it's it's kind of focused more on like executives and like uh, you know high level leadership positions, but um, you know, he introduced this idea of seven pillars and the pillars are things that you just need to, uh, the knowledge you need to gain in these seven areas will fit, you know, or I should say all the knowledge you need to gain will fit in one of these seven pillars. So I, I kind of took that same idea and I adapted it to uh, to a product uh, manager's role. And some of them are, are um, self-explanatory, you know, like for example, you need to understand the product, the business, how your team operates, uh, what's important to your stakeholders, but there's a few that are also less intuitive or maybe at least not as on the surface. And that's how does uh, the company operate? So what's the shadow culture in the company? Um, what are the expectations of you? And we all sort of kind of know what those are, but we don't often spend time you know, talking explicitly with our managers about what our ex- expectations are or what their expectations are of us you know, over time, like week to week, month to month, and how do those change? And then the other one, the kind of seventh one that I think about is um, is understanding your weak points. Uh, we definitely, uh, well, I should say, I definitely have ne- have have not had anyone point out that focusing on my own weak points is an important part of my onboarding. But you know, that kind of knowledge can really make sure that you don't uh, cause yourself any unnecessary trouble. Uh, by getting into you know patterns of behavior that maybe don't serve you well. Yeah, no, that's great. So basically, understanding the product, the business, how your team operates, the shadow culture you mentioned, the expectations of you, which is a really good one, your stakeholders and what's important to them, and your weak points, which I think is very very overlooked as well. Now, are these in order as you onboard and you want to do these, or like do you have to, what's the order of doing these if, if there's any at all? Uh, no, there's there's no order. You know, they're um, 
they're kind of, uh, they're almost just kind of like little categories or little, little uh, boxes that you can think of these things in. Um, the nature of, of like any onboarding in, in a company, but especially a product manager who's, who's flying around between different departments and is kind of the, the hub of, of, um, of like their product area, you're, you're sort of taking stuff in all the time, right? From any week, you know, one day, depending on what kind of day it is, you, you know, you're working with your team, you're creating some kind of like, you're making like business plan, you're creating a business plan for your product. You're also, you know, working on actual features and then you're figuring out how to get stuff done. So you're playing in the shadow culture all the while thinking about your state, you know, you're sort of going across like all these pillars uh, all the time. So these are all kind of things that you're, you're thinking about in parallel. Okay. No, that's very cool. So I'm, I'm curious to know if you can unpack the ones that are not as intuitive, I guess, to, to allow a lot of us, like the one that you mentioned about the uh, shadow culture. Can you, can you tell us a bit more about how you go about getting the hang of it? Yeah. Um, so the shadow culture is a, is an idea that I, I re learned relatively recently, but it was kind of really interesting because you know, think about, think about any company you you're in, uh, there's like the way things get done, right? This is like, you know, first we, you know, on this day, we do our grooming on this day. We do our, we start our sprints on this day. We do retros and then every quarter we do our objective OKR planning. And so there's like the explicit way that things get done. But if you've worked at uh, a number of companies, you realize there's like the way that everyone says things get done. And then there's the way that things actually get done. You know, so for example, um, I, remember, I remember working at a company where, uh, where the, uh, like data had to be, you know, included with every product requirements document. So like show the data, why you're, why you're building this product. But after a while I realized that, and I was actually told, I was like, yeah, it, you just have to have data in there. It doesn't really have to be that accurate. Right. So there's this like weird, like shadow culture that nobody wants to talk about where, where you say, you know, all these product managers are saying that, yeah, yeah, just kind of like get some rough stuff or like, you know, just kind of, you know, make, make something up that sounds right. Or, you know, pick, pick something out that you found on the internet, but you don't have to dig too deep. Like it was almost like nobody really cared about the data that much, but you had to have it in the plan. So that was like some, that was an example of shadow culture. Another one that's kind of more common is like in smaller startups where, you know, they have this kind of whole way of working, let's say, for choosing how to prioritize one product over the, or one idea over the next. But the actual person who's making the final call is the CEO. Right. So that'd be another example of shadow culture, because the CEO would buy, would never say like, yeah, I'm, I'm the one making all the decisions. They would say, you know, the product managers are empowered to do it. But, you know, the shadow culture, the part that nobody talks about is that, yeah, you got to get approval from the CEO first or. Another kind of simple example was like, oh yeah, we, we don't like this type of feature or, oh no, 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 that, that we tried that and that's, that never works. So just stay away from that area. So these are all these kind of like behind the scenes in the shadows type things that you, you need to figure out. And there's no real easy way to do it, right? You're, this really comes from just being in the mix, working with the pro with the teams and with like management but to know that you're looking for that, you tend to see it, right? You, you notice what you look for. And uh, sometimes what you don't look for is invisible to you. So this is really, uh, there's no kind of set way to do it, but it's to say that, 
you know, there is a shadow culture. There is in every company. And just being aware of that and watching for it, it can make your life a lot easier. And, and just to connect it to like the relationship, sorry to cut you off. Uh, just to connect it to the relationships part, like oftentimes these things are rooted in relationships, right? There's like a person who can push something through for you, or there's a person that is actually like a, a, an important decision maker. So you need to kind of get to know them better. And the better you know them, the more likely you are to get something through. So shadow culture and relationships are really closely tied together. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking, it absolutely bang on. Like I can remember like at every, especially product, like, because, you know, we all, uh, hopefully, you know, you read inspired and then you know how to build products actually. And then we all know how it should be done, but then, uh, you know, maybe, maybe like, you know, we all apply maybe a portion of that, the way things should be done in reality of things. Now, my question to you, like my follow-up on that, Mark, is like, wouldn't you like i mean the way i look at it is like you know what okay i see this you know what you, you say you want to be you want to work on the why and not the what you want to kind of like not be a feature team and work on a problem to solve and you go in the place and they're not doing that and it's a part of the shadow culture now as a pm and you step in as fresh would you try to challenge that or would you try to kind of like to to you know to uh, go with it that's a that's a really good question and i think you know you'll run into that uh, you know, what you're asking is kind of like a, it's a variation on this kind of general thing where it's like, I think something should be done better than the way you guys are doing it, right? That's like kind of, you know, whether it's like, you know, we should do grooming differently, or you should manage your, you know, JIRA board differently, or, you know, you should all the way up to like, you know, what you're building or the strategy, the product strategy from a, like a leadership level is should be done differently. This is where the humility part, the humility mindset comes in because you there's well there's a couple things that kind of come to mind one is um what you first see and think your first impressions might not be right right there might be very good reasons for the way something happens um and so it's 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 a good idea just to dig a little bit deeper hold your tongue a little bit and you know see if you can figure out if there's something else there um and then the other one is that uh, you can only expect to change so much in a company's culture, right? There's like a, there's that saying that like culture, uh, culture eats, eats strategy for breakfast, right? I think that's true, right? Like a company is what it does. It's not what it says it's going to do. And so when you, when you're kind of looking at, you know, something that doesn't seem to be right, you kind of need to use your judgment to say like, is this something that you know, is in, I'm even in a position to change that can be changed? Or is it so deep in the culture that, you know, this needs to be like a from the top type of, of uh, change? So my, my general kind of rule for a, a new product manager, especially one who's, you know, going into like a, a regular PM, junior PM or a senior PM role is to, you know, focus on the, the things that you have you can you have control over, which is mainly how your team works. Don't try to change anything anywhere near your start date uh, on a larger level. You'll you'll need big relationships. You'll need to have almost like a, a sort of a, a campaign to sort of spread this, your ideas out to different people, get some people on board. Um, th those are big big changes, like to do something that's on a cultural level. So focus on things 
where you actually have a lot more control, like on the team level. Yeah, it's great advice, great advice. So let's move on to the next one about understanding the expectations of you as a PM. Let's talk mm -hmm. more about this one and how you go about, you know, unpacking this. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I'd, I'd love to kind of hear some of your ex uh, experiences too, uh, like when you're onboarding, I think it, it might, it might be an interesting kind of like little uh, template to, to look at. But, you know, this one, you know, how much do you think about what you need to do when you when you started that role that you talked about? Like, how much did you think about, you know, what your boss was, you know, going to evaluate on? How much did I think about it? Yeah, like, was it was it a conversation you had with him? Was it something that you just kind of understood based on a job, what you thought of the job description? How did you define your ex what the expectations were of you? Yeah. So first it was, let's say from the posting itself, that's kind of like, that was what they're looking for. And like, not all the postings actually talk about what expectations are from this role. So this one had my latest and, uh, but I definitely had to follow that up with uh, multiple meetings to make sure that kind of, uh, you know, whatever is I'm thinking that I'm going to be doing, I'm going to verify it to make sure if, if I'm on the right track or not. So that's what I did. Yeah. And and I think there's like a, the the thing that I, I kind of take away from this pillar the most is is that the your the expectations of you will change over time. Uh, you know the expectations in your first two weeks will probably be close to zero, right? Like just get the ropes, you know, hang out, you know, talk to some people, meet some people, work with your team, you know, and then as time goes on, it'll start to ramp up more and more until you get to like your third month where they're basically like you should be fully ramped up where you know what are the you know where are your deliverables like why is this not getting done or give us the status on this right and it's important because as you start your expectations with you from your your boss will be you know lightweight it'll just be you know get get to know you know basically zero expectations get to know everybody and then in the second month it might be different in third month it'll be you know full expectations so having those conversations are really important and you know they should be explicit but then you'll also start to get a sense of what your boss expects in general by watching how they interact with the already onboarded you know more experienced inside the company pms and uh so as you're going through your day-to-day -day, you know if you think about each of these pillars as like you know an area to be collecting information about you know you're watching other pms you're watching how your boss interacts you're watching how the the C-level leadership operates and you're like, okay, I kind of understand there's like high accountability for, you know, data. Like they really, really care. And it's has to be super accurate. And it's like, they're going to grill you on certain things. You know, you know, I, I remember, uh, for example, a friend was telling me about, it's a, another Toronto tech company, uh, a pretty big one. And, you know, the CEO gets involved in the, the objective planning every quarter and really, really asks like tough questions of all the product managers. So like there's an expectation that every product manager comes like fully armed with all the data, all the information, all the understanding about the user uh, to those meetings. So that would be the kind of an expectation that you would you would start to understand as you observed these uh, these ceremonies and these things going on. Um, so that's that's kind of how I think about that one. And yeah, I'm fully, I'm fully aware, Cyrus, that I'm like, 
a lot of these things are kind of, you know, not, they're not like applicable in every situation or rather in like, there's no one formula for it. Right. So much, everything I'm, I'm talking about here is really like, you have to figure it out on your own, but these are interesting ways to structure your thinking or, you know, create plans for yourself or things to watch out for because every company is different. Every company is different at different times of their life cycle. Every product is different. Every product is different at different times of its life cycle. There's just so many variables that you can't try and apply a simil- a single formula. So the right way to do it is just to like think about these kind of broad categories of things that you need to learn or think about like general mindsets. So I hope, yeah. I hope that's, that makes sense to people and it's not just me, you know, trying to be vague and, and wishy-washy on this. No, no, for sure. It's great. And I especially like the the point you mentioned about the expectations actually will change over time. And mm-hmm. I think that's a really good point to call out because um, uh, as you ramp up, it's kind of like, you know, it's not going to stay the same. So I think that's, that's a great call. Actually, same thing happened to me multiple times. And, uh, you know, it's always good to check in on like, you know, the expectations. And actually quarterly is really good to kind of like keep them. You know, I know in a year I want you to do this, but then how about the next couple of months, the next six months, right? So yeah Um, that's great man and i'll add um i'll add something else that might be just kind of you know practical and useful here around expectations um the the best and this kind of relates also to one of your uh, the shadow culture thing that you mentioned earlier and might help people kind of navigate that a little bit more but um you know expectations the practical thing to do there is just set up meetings with your boss like every week for the first month and or maybe more often and then, I mean, you'll have your one-on-ones as well. So, so there's that there and talk to them in those one-on-ones or in those meetings, like specifically about like, here's what I did. Here's what happened. Um, does that meet your expectations? Like ask that question, ask, you know, what do you expect from me in the next week? What do you expect from me in the next 30 days? Like tell them to tell you, because, um, that's, if you can deliver on what they're asking for, I mean, then you're, you're making everybody happy. So just be super explicit, set up those meetings and just ask, what do you expect from me? Um, and then in those meetings, the shadow culture thing is also can also play in, in the sense that, you know, if you notice something happening in the background that feels like a shadow culture moment, you can always, you know, in those one-on-ones be like, Hey, um, I noticed that, you know, the CEO always overrules people when, you know, this kind of, you know, this thing happens or that thing happens, or I noticed this one instance where that happened. Is that normal? And having your boss and asking them those questions um, will, will give you a lot of insights and kind of a safe space, you know, as instead of you just assuming that, you know, the company uh, needs to change in some way, your boss would be like, oh yeah, yeah, that's, you know, he's always involved in that way. It's because of this and this, and it'll give you a lot more context. So those, those meetings, you can ask about your expectations, but also learn quite a bit about the shadow culture. So, you know, I, I tell people to just kind of keep a, a, a notebook uh, or a section of your notebook where you're just writing down things in each under each of these pillar categories. So you see a moment of shadow culture happening, just kind of write it down and bring it up when you have your next one-on-one. Great. No, that's great advice. And then the last one we talked about understanding your weak points. Let's talk about this one a bit more. Yeah. Um, this one, this one's kind of, uh, kind of puts you in your place. I've, 
you know, as uh, I like talking to product managers because we're all sort of, we're all headstrong and we have this kind of like, I know what I'm doing, you know, get out of my way kind of mentality. But um, it makes us also super blind to our weak points. And the the thing about your weak points is that they sneak up on you, right? And the reason they're your weak points isn't like nobody ever consciously, you know, acts badly, right? Nobody consciously set, you know, acts in a way that is, you know, weak or that doesn't serve them well. It's always a, an unconscious thing that we do. And uh, when you kind of think about the other side of the spectrum, like strengths, like strengths are just naturally positive, right? Strengths are just like, that's always going to be amazing, right? And if, if it's a strength, you do it naturally, you don't even think about it. And it's a positive thing, but weak points, you don't think about it. And they actually, you know, cause, cause trouble for you. So, you know, for example, uh, actually, before I give you an example, I just say, you know, so for your weak points, you should, before you start the role, uh, one of the questions I ask myself is, you know, what didn't work out as well as I had hoped in a previous position? And what would I do differently to change it this time around? And then make a note of that and put that on your plan where you just revisit it every week and be like, did I act you know, did I act to fight, fight those weak points? Did I act to make those stronger? So those are, those are kind of like, that's one of the questions that you should ask yourself before going into a role, because to solve a weak point, you need to bring it up into your awareness. And um, the only way to do that is to kind of reflect back and, and then kind of continually remind yourself and to, to bring that back like day to day. An example of a weak point to, to give you one for me was like, I think I alluded to it earlier. It was like, this kind of lone wolf, you know, managing down approach where it led me to have like conflict with, you know, my boss and upper management. I thought I knew better and I pushed really, really hard. I was kind of, you know, you could even call it like, you know, difficult or belligerent sometimes because I thought I knew better. And then it's only with experience that I sort of, you sort of like start to understand like, oh, I don't really know as much as I thought I knew or there's people that are a lot better at this than me. Maybe I should, you know, just kind of listen quietly to them. So, you know, that's that's one of the weak points I, I noticed, but only only after suffering the consequences. So thinking back to your old jobs and looking at what went well is and what didn't go well is a great, great way to catch those. Uh, so, Mark, how do you help uh, product managers in the community? Yeah, so... Um, I kind of when I when I whenever I'm kind of doing stuff to to help PMs, I'm I'm almost like helping, you know, five years ago, Mark. Uh, that's how I always think about it. It's like, what would what would Mark five years ago, what would have really helped him, you know, to to not make a an ass of himself or to have something go a little bit smoother than it did. Um, so uh, you know, right now I'm actually working on on a, a few things. One is a, a course, an online course about product management. Uh, it's called a product passport, and uh, I'm just about to wrap up the the first kind of micro course, which is all about getting into product management, and um, that's that's really interesting. It covers you know some one of the lessons is about some of the stuff we're talking here, but it also goes into more detail around like how to get a product management job and you know things to watch out for, how to interview and and stuff like that. And then I'm also working on a a little pocket book of product principles which is a collection of 20 kind of principles 
of product management that I've learned over the years uh, that are kind of rooted in like the very kind of foundations of what it means to be uh, a great product manager and also to uh, build great products. So that's uh, been inspired by a few books I've read recently that were like really short kind of 50 page, you know, quick evening reads, something you kind of put in your pocket or put on your desk and, and keep it close. So I'm kind of working on on a few things like that. I really enjoy like the philosophical approaches to product and and talking about you know the the spectrum of all the way from like philosophy and principles down to like tactics and trying to find like a right balance where you're not just kind of in the clouds, you know, talking you know super high level, but you're also kind of like showing how it it boils down to to things that are you know facing PMs day to day. So that's a couple of things I have on the go and I don't know, I'm always just making stuff. So uh, awesome. there's going to be a lot more after that. Awesome. For sure. So I'll, we'll make sure to add the uh, the link to your micro, uh, micro course in the description so for, for the listeners who want to check it out. Sounds good. Awesome. Well, uh, Mark, thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about how to on, on to, how to onboard into a product management role. Yeah, my pleasure. And, and Cyrus, I just wanted to call out, like, I really you know, appreciate everything that you're doing to, to spread the word for, for a lot of the people that are out in the industry and, um, and connecting, you know, the people that are, are just kind of, you know, doing the stuff and then trying to get into the stuff, you know, your, your role of somebody in between the doers and the aspiring ones uh, is really important. And then just having more places where people talk about product is, is super useful. So just want to call out, that I really appreciate this kind of this kind of stuff that you're you're working on. Awesome, and it seems like you got like a crazy uh, fast growing uh, community going. You seem like this kind <laughs> of natural community builder. So yeah, it's like you're the the perfect animal to do this. <laughs> I try, I try. I got I got a I got an army behind me. So <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. That's it for this week's episode of PM Hub Podcast, guys. If you enjoyed it. Feel free to share in your LinkedIn, social media, leave a five-star review so we can reach more audience. And if you have any suggestions, definitely reach out to me. My email is cyrus at productmanagerhub.org. Now you can get all the tips and action items of this episode for free at this bit link I'm going to give you. It's bit.ly forward slash pmhub25. Also subscribe in your favorite podcast app so you don't miss any of the upcoming episodes. I'm Cyrus Shirazian and until next show, Stay safe and healthy.